Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor. Featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Your dream setup, amazing prices, and free shipping await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com slash deals. That's Alienware.com slash deals. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada you don't take yada yada in life don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide this is holly fry from stuff you missed in history class the national sales event is on at your toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new suv like an adventure ready rav4 available with all-wheel drive your new rav4 is built for performance on any terrain or check out a stylish and comfortable highlander with seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with the whole family check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota Let's go places. One quick note before we begin today's interview. Our language is unedited and uncensored. As such, it may not be appropriate for all listeners. We hope you enjoy. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Very special episode today. Uh, we are joined by writer, actor, comedian, the one and only Langston Kerman. You have doubtlessly seen Langston on numerous shows and stages. Uh, I'm in particular a big, big fan of the stand-up. Uh, he's appeared on so many things. Uh, high Maintenance, Insecure, and one of our personal favorites, longtime listeners, The Boys. Eagle the Archer over here. <laughs> Lakeston recently launched a podcast that is very near and dear to our hearts uh, called My Mama Told Me. In this show, Langston and his guests dive deep into the world of groundbreaking and as they said, sometimes silly, sometimes serious, sometimes problematic black conspiracy theories, 
often learn from uh, mothers uh, teaching their kids as they're growing up or other adult figures. And you can see why this immediately hit our radar. Uh, we are live in person with Langston today. Thank you so much for coming on the show and welcome. Yeah, this is amazing. Mm. I can't wait to, uh, to to jump into this toxic behavior with you boys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's funny on, on your show, Langston, usually it there's so much fun in the maybe the first half of your episode, then you guys start to delve a little deeper into yeah. the conspiracies. We're just, we're diving right in, man. I'm sorry. I was about to say, it's always fun before you do the research and then you're like, oh no, this this is this is horrible. This is a, yeah. a tragic choice that we made. We should have just kept telling our sillies. Oh, God, I <laughs> it's, know. It's true. It's something we've run into. And, you know, one of the first questions I think uh, that is going to be on the mind of a lot of our listeners is, what inspired you personally? Because the, there's not another show like yours out there now, right? Yeah. In the world with so many podcasts, this is something special and new. Yeah, I mean, I've I've always been, I imagine you guys felt this way, otherwise you wouldn't have started the podcast. I've always been deeply fascinated with conspiracy theory, and I have two parents who uh, would not at any point label themselves conspiracy theorists, but do tend to follow conspiracy theory type behaviors. Like, my mom uh, is now living in Ghana and uh, like is fully like, I, I don't need the vaccine. I'm out here living a different kind of life and like is embracing just a, a style of living that that well, well aligns with a conspiracy theorist at times. And so uh, I think I just grew up in the shit and then uh, wanted to be able to find a little nuance in those conversations that doesn't exist. And frankly, conspiracy theory is a, a really white space on the surface, but all the black people I know are conspiracy theorists of some sort. So it was like, ah, I should just be talking to them and figure out what that is. Sure. And it's something that we, we kind of we kind of contend with on the show a lot, the the difference and separation between conspiracy theories and actual, you know, full bore conspiracies of which there are too many to count. But the term conspiracy theory is often used as a way to kind of like negate the point that someone's trying to make or like to other this notion that something is going on kind of under, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. So we try to like separate the two. But I'm interested in your thoughts of conspiracy versus conspiracy theory and how you kind of look at the two. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think in a weird way, and I, I don't necessarily even always view it as a strictly racial thing, but I do think that, that there is a, a white thing where it's like, Oh, I just get to have fun with the idea of supposing that, you know, our, our leaders are lizards or that, you know, nine 11 was an inside job. I just get to, to play in this idea. Whereas I think a lot of minorities have had to turn to conspiracy theory or conspiracy rather out of uh, necessity. It truly is like looking at historical facts and going, yo, if I put this in my arm or if I act in this way, I in theory could die from this shit. Um, and so it's it's just a careful dance of of both acknowledging people's like historical truth, but also being like, shut up, stupid. Go go do the thing that everybody's <laughs> supposed to do for the well-being of society. <laughs> oh, man. So so I have a conspiracy theory about the origins of your show. I just want to put this okay. to you. Like, OK, so um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but. Early in your stand-up career, you had a main gig that was as an educator. You were you were a high school 
English teacher, That's right? Very true. Yeah. So, um, I'm thinking that. <laughs> It, you know, at least according to your material, it didn't go so great. Uh, but you, but I think I think I think a part of you really liked being an educator, being a light bringer, basically. You know, somebody who gets to show someone else, maybe a younger person, what reality is, what 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 um what they need to know. Yeah. So I th- I think you're bringing that like part of you to the world of conspiracies. I what yeah. your thoughts. I- <laughs> This feels like a Charlie Rose interview without the naked uh, walks into the shower. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I definitely think that's true. I think like there, I did really enjoy being an educator despite my many failures as an educator. And I think uh, in some ways this is a chance to like slip in some weird education if it can be that i don't know i say a lot of dumb shit for an hour at a time and occasionally i guess somebody you know walks away and feels a little lighter but i i do like that idea of like all right if we could laugh and then you know in a schoolhouse rocky kind of way learn something at the back end of it that's tight i mean that's one of the i think the the keys because so many times you know we hear legitimate, real, multi-generational systemic problems being dismissed, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, as like, um, you know, there, there were, and unfortunately are people who will say, oh, the, the police are getting vilified. They're not conspiring to do laundry list of things that have actually happened and they provably did. And yeah. so, and, and because we're talking about, um, People who really are victimized, people's real lives, um, one of the approaches that you take that I think is so clever is, yes, you can, we, I don't want to say trick people into learning, but if you can get people to laugh, (laughs) right, if you can get people to interact with you on that emotional level, then there's a trust and they can follow us. Uh, They can follow you into, um, you know, the more disturbing ugly truths that as you said must be acknowledged you know one thing we were talking about off air before we recorded was uh we, we were talking about something that i i want to save i want to save this one for later in, in our prior uh conversations in preparation for this episode you have one thing where you said Whatever happened to Coney 2012, <laughs> which has been a hobby horse of mine as well. You yeah. remember how that blew up and now all of a sudden it's just poof. It was the, the greatest, greatest ooh, quotation ooh. marks there, but it was the <laughs> biggest viral video of all time at one point. And it was the most important thing that any any uh, Sarah McLaughlin like figure <laughs> decided they were going to take on to save the world. And then we just stopped giving a fuck halfway through 2012. We didn't even make it all the way to the end of the year before we gave up on Coney. It's so sad, though, and also just like a a product of like this kind of throwaway Internet culture where like everything's about like what's the next big kind of like, you know, buzzy item that can then get circulated and then kind of disappears. Like even Black Lives Matter and like all the protests and everything that was so huge and ubiquitous and it seemed like the world was going to change. And then kind of people moved the fuck on. A lot of people posted that black square. Yeah, and then forgot about it. And you know what's it's even weirder is like, and I'm sure this connects back to the Coney 2012 of it all is like, even with Black Lives Matter, it then becomes like, 
appropriated by all of these companies and all these quote unquote representatives who decide that they are now going to be the face of these organizations. And so the sentiment changes. It isn't, it is even like that black, the black square was a dumb fucking moment on the internet. Sure. But it was a sincere, I think, want on a bunch of people's parts to be like, nah, this is a bad time. I feel weird. I want to at least show that I care about this thing. But then some company that, you know, Skittles post a black square with little rainbows in it. And now we all feel confused about what this stuff means. Not to mention that people were kind of co-opting a hashtag with that that was actually designed to, you know, tag images of police abuse. Sure. And then they were flooding that hashtag with these black squares. And that was the big kind of uh, crit- criticism of that whole thing. And then people were on there, hey, take off your tags, because it literally was covering up the whole point of the movement, right? Right. And then it became a weird game of everybody being really proud of themselves for being the one that knew that they didn't, exactly. they weren't supposed to post. And mm-hmm. then a bunch of, you know, Instagram models took those squares down and put their titty pictures back up. It just became a, an ugly dance on the Internet that that, you know, to your point, all all of these things, the second it, it sort of be, becomes co-opted by attention seekers, uh, it's it gets dangerous and scary and messy. Yeah. And in this case, the invisible children remain invisible. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's very sad. It's very right. fucked up. We actually did a whole episode on that. It was, uh, it's, it's messed up. Joseph yeah. Cody is still at large. That's kicking the thing. It. Yeah. He is kicking it. He's not going to go to the international criminal court. He's no. not gonna, like this. That's, that's the thing that keeps getting us. I mean, I think one of the things we're talking about here is that, you know, in this kind of, what's sometimes glibly called a post-truth era or this age of conspiracy and QAnon and COVID, Mm -hmm. I I think one horrible thing we've learned is no one has lost money ever betting on people having short attention spans. Right. Right. And when you're exploring in your show, like, um, do you have moments from episodes or, or topics you discuss with your guests that stay with you like after after we've stopped rolling tape, you know, go home or you kick it and you you think, God damn. Yeah, there have been a few. I mean, one in particular that I think I think about a lot is the uh, the um, the the testing for like your your genetic DNA, the uh, I, the genealogy um, and just sort of like the discovery of like. You know, in California now, they can use that information and basically deny you a mortgage or deny you like future insurance for things because they're basically using that predictive technology where they go, hey, you probably won't live to 50. We can't give you a 30 year mortgage because that's not going to get our our thing paid back. And so it's like stuff like that where, you know. The world really is terrifying, and all it takes is is for one of my family members to be curious about where we come from, and now all of a sudden I'm trapped for life because of those things. Man, and you combine that with some of the social media tracking that can happen by these third-party companies, and yeah. then, you know, like, you imagine the social credit system that's been implemented in China that could be here really soon. Dude, it's, um, it's a weird time. To just be thinking how our 
our internet footprint is going to dictate our lives and maybe even the lives of our children. Well, and we've talked about it too, where it's like, okay, maybe I'm not scared right now of like being spied on by the man, you know, in with my webcam or whatever. But what if down the line, our regime changes to something much more resembling like a totalitarian situation. And then that technology Mm -hmm. is funneled directly into like a Gestapo type organization that can look at my past activism or my past speaking out about certain types of fascism or whatever it might be. Something that I would think would be benign and just part of being a human being that all of a sudden could then come back to bite me under a new regime that does not yet exist. I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing with Zuckerberg, right? Like he was just a dork who wanted to be able to, to meet pretty girls and he didn't know how to do it. And then he created an app to try to, to make that happen for him. And then that, that sort of landslides into a guy who is now collecting all of the data that he can collect about you for the sake of, of just using it. However, he sees fit and you know it it didn't have to be that way but we allowed it uh, a certain level of of reason and now it's unreasonable in a way that we can't control well but apple is trying to control it did you see did you see that nine percent of all apple users have decided to allow tracking by other apps yeah. nine only nine percent that means the rest of us said no nah, no thanks yeah, and, and now facebook like <laughs> And a lot of these other companies that their whole business model is based on tracking what we do. It's, it's being disrupted. But there's a, there's an issue there. Uh, first off, I don't believe any of those official statements. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When they're saying like, Oh, okay. Honor system. Oh, you got us. Yeah. That's <laughs> hogwash. Uh, but it goes like, it also goes in this thing, you know? Yeah. We were like Mickey mouse and the sorcerer's apprentice in Fantasia. Mark, we were all like that guy because we thought we were building something easier. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's easier to meet people online. I can look in uh, judgment from afar at the people I didn't care for in middle school and high school. Right. Whose life is worse than mine? Let me get that endorphin rush. Uh, But but now we're in something that you had also mentioned before, and it's something that we speculate a lot uh, about on our show, which is that first – Technology always outpaces legislation because yes. we don't we don't know how to write these laws, right? And we have a lot of bad actors with their thumb on on the on Congress when they're writing them. But more importantly, we are not our, the species is not evolving to a point where it can even like understand this technology. Right. Yeah, like, our, what, what are your thoughts? Our brains are I truly do believe our brains aren't even equipped for this level of socializing, this level of sort of like taking in information. I mean, we're all old enough to remember the Encyclopedia Britannica. They those were were however many books that they would that you had to purchase. And that was the permanent information that you could learn out in the world, documented and kept in your home, presuming you had the storage space. You know what I mean? Like and now we just have this vast, endless uh, resource that really isn't isn't nailing down any real uh, opinions or understanding of what the world is. It just is creating constant contradictions and questions that, you know, it's, it's turning us sick. It's making us weird and, and dangerous to each other. 
we have become weird. No, it's true. And like at the very least, you could assume that the Encyclopedia Britannica was vetted and, and fact-checked to some degree of, you know, uh, yeah. academic rigor, right? And now it's like we have access literally to every piece of history and information and opinion, and it's all lumped in in the same record. And you can't tell the difference between one piece from the other. Yeah, you know and, what I mean? And even if... It w- even if the Encyclopedia Britannica was fact-checked by a mean, uh, bad-intentioned person, it still was making a clear choice in terms of what history is so that we can then have have a, a baseline so that we can start to have a real conversation. But at this point, we're literally at a, a state in this country where we're arguing whether or not viruses are bad. That's fucking <laughs> nuts. That's we don't yeah, all agree that a disease is bad. We what the <laughs> fuck are we doing? Encyclopedia Britannica would have said it was bad. <laughs> the yeah. very least, right? Yes, You're at right. the very least. And we'll pause for a word from our sponsor, then return with more from Langston Kerman. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. And we're back. Did you see recently this? Uh, this gave me a very gallows humor chuckle. Uh, I think I, I may have mentioned this, but uh, the news just hit that there were people who were like, you know, their political identity is that they don't want to wear a mask for mm-hmm. some reason, you know, like don't tread on me, bro, etc. Uh, well, now some of those folks are reportedly. Uh, deciding to wear a mask to protect themselves from people who have been vaccinated, which like I read that on some group chat. And my only response was all caps poetry. Mm. 
but terrified. Just I mean, like, what are you more? talking about? Well, so you're you're uh, worried that the vaccine has created something in me that you need to now protect yourself from. Dog. Hey, look, we look, we don't know. We won't know for generations to come. No, I'm just playing. Oh, wow. Uh, but- <laughs> oh, wow. Please, please. Al, 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 hey, Alex Jones says that the vaccine will instantly give you Alzheimer's and likely cause instant death uh, among some members of the population. Your doc, so. your doc yeah. will, you got to put a dollar <laughs> in the Alex Jones jar. Well, Sorry, fucking man. dick pills and muscle milk won't. That, that's the way <laughs> yeah, those are. That's crazy. Bone broth. Bone broth. What I, yeah. what I would have to say, though, is. I can I can somewhat identify with a lot of people who feel that there's something weird with the vaccine and with the way the whole pandemic thing has just played out because it really does feel like a movie. We've talked about it before on this episode. Nothing is happening the right way, the established way it should happen, where there's a disease yeah. and then a vaccine is being produced and it takes a long time and it gets produced. Right. It feels I don't know, something feels off. And if you have a distrust of the government already, this whole situation might break your mind a little bit. Well, well here, very valid distrust. I, I Here's where I think uh, a lot of liberals made a, a very yucky mistake throughout this whole vaccine process is Trump spent the whole of last year being like, yeah, we're like a week out from a vaccine. We'll have a vaccine shortly. And, and everybody went on the Internet and called him an idiot. There's no possible way that a vaccine could come this quickly. You're a buffoon. You're wrong. All these things. And then the second that he was uh, taken out of office or at least not even the president, the president elect came in. Suddenly, we can't wait to have that delicious vaccine poked in our arms. And it's like, nah. be honest about what this is. You didn't like that motherfucker. And so you don't trust what he's saying. And And it's comical the way he did it. But he came out. Trump came out with a statement immediately like, you're welcome for the vaccine, by the way. This was all me. And to be fair, the notion of Operation Warp Speed is a good one. They didn't just rush it out. People fundamentally misunderstand what they did. They were able to subvert some of the normal order of operations for developing a vaccine and not even skip steps, but do things concurrently as opposed to like on a timeline where things happen, have to have to happen one after the other, Mm -hmm. after the other simultaneously, rather they did it all kind of at once. And if we were smart, we would have just said, Oh, he hasn't done shit this entire time. So there's no reason to presume he's involved in the vaccine. It's just (laughs) a dude who's talking on the internet or in front of a podium. And so he has nothing to do with the product, but instead we pretend like it was his product and then flipped when it suddenly was Joe Biden's product. And that's stupid because now we're all arguing over whether or not the product is safe. Right. It goes it goes into tribalism at that point when, exactly. they're, doing, when they're treating things that way. Like I am. Um, I, I've got I've got to say, though, there's there's a missing piece of empathy because social media in a large way, rewards performativism, mm-hmm. but it does not reward uh, sincerity or deep thought or empathy often. And so I grew up in south of Atlanta in a majority black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And when I, I was talking, when the pandemic hit, I was talking to one of my old high school buddies. Uh, he lives out in Colorado now. And uh, I was like, hey, man, what's it like in Colorado? You know, we're locked down here in Atlanta. Nobody's really going anywhere. Uh, and... Then he said, oh, yeah, 
sorry you have to worry about that, you know? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, COVID's kind of a white people thing, and I'm going to be fine. And I was like, are you, dude, are you serious? We were in Boy Scouts together. You're smart. (laughs) And and he was was like, he was like, no, well, I looked into it, you know, I I quote unquote did my research, and I, I love this guy, I say it with affection. And he was like, and I just, I think a lot of it's alarmist. Does it matter? And I, I think one of the reasons that he was in that in that mental space was because of this constant, these contradictions, these flips you're talking mm-hmm. about. But then also he brought up a really valid point um, that I think a lot of people don't acknowledge, which is the uh, systemic discrimination of the medical system. Like it's if you exercise empathy, um, whether it's someone who's like really far right wing and they're like, ah, they're microchipping me because I don't understand how microchips work or they're yeah. like, they're like, hey, in what about Tuskegee? What about all the horrible stuff that doctors in the medical system have done to disadvantaged populations over the course of history? Like, wh- what do you think about that? Like, do you think that informs part of the um, COVID conspiracies that are circulating today? Yeah, I think a hundred percent. I think it's it's mainly the reason why if black people tell me they're they're not into the vaccine, it, I get it. I don't agree with it, right? Like, truthfully, I just wanted to go back outside. So poke me up, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, historically, you are making the correct choice. There's no evidence to prove that that bad choices wouldn't be made with our bodies in relation to experimental or quickly made uh, drugs that seem like they're coming faster than they should be coming and are being a friend of mine the other day told me uh, that like they pulled a, a vaccine truck in front of his apartment that like they were like he lives in like, you know, a predominantly black neighborhood and they're trying to promote like vaccination and getting as many people vaccinated as possible. And so they sent out like one of those medical trucks and they were offering vaccines in the back of this medical truck. And when he told me, I'm like, no, don't do that <laughs> shit. That sounds fucking <laughs> don't go in there. Mm. Don't go yeah, exactly. in there. <laughs> but part of it is like, you know, we all know that there's a bunch of uh, middle class and or wealthy Republicans who are now saying they're not white people who are not going to go get the vaccine and they're not pulling up in front of these like cul-de-sacs with vaccine trucks. You're choosing to do this in a black community. And so whether or not your intention is to put a microchip in me or kill me or give me syphilis, probably not. But whatever it's in the back of that truck, I don't trust that it's the same quality that I could go get in, you know, the, the white Rite Aid. So I'm going to, I'm going to chill. I'm just imagining one of those trucks pulling up to one of these gated communities here in Atlanta and like the the ridiculous wealthy areas just trying to get into a gated community. They don't don't even like ice cream trucks coming around in those communities. You know, I mean, just the line uh, of of white people holding arms and blocking the way they would never they wouldn't allow it. I just I just want to mention one historical precedent for this distrust that I think is interesting. J. Marion Sims, who's like considered to be the father of gynecology, um, experimented horribly and inhumanely on enslaved people. Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff that he came up with was good. It, it is stuff that is still used today. So it's like you can still have that distrust and people that have done these experiment, experiments are horrible and are dehumanizing individuals and minority populations. 
but the end result is still something that is used today. So it's a really interesting, weird kind of dichotomy there where it's yeah. like, how do I, how do I like take the good and throw out the bad or, or learn from history and not completely harbor this distrust of medical you know, professionals on the whole. And I think the, the even more fucked up on the, the receiving end of that, right. Is, is, is for black people. That realization is not as scary as the fact that they'll still put that motherfucker's name on the stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? That like it's well, they one only thing. just now pulled a statue down of him in New York, like right. because of it only just happened. It's, it's insane. And it's one thing if like, OK, he discovered some stuff that we can still use today. But the fact that you still feel like you need to celebrate this dude who literally was like stabbing black women's vaginas with weird stuff just to enforcing in, in, in them to do all kinds of messed up things to, to be able to figure out what he needed to do with a body is it, it's it's complicated. Complicated. It look, he found some things. That's cool, but we don't have to keep like sharing his baseball card. Like he's, right. in, you know, yeah. like there's not an asterisk in in his performance. And there's not, yeah, there's not like a. That's that's the thing because you know when we researched this before, like the the terrifying origins of like things that people agree are overall beneficial or wholesome. Now we run into stuff where we still see those people described. Like mm-hmm. they have a baseball card, like, oh, J. Marion Sims will tell you about the horrific, uh, unclean things he did. But we're also going to tell you he's the father of gynecology. And it's like, does he deserve that, though? He ain't got to be the father anymore, man. He's not yeah. the daddy. It's a Morty episode. <laughs> Turns out he's not the father. Give it nope. to somebody else. And, <laughs> and, you know, compounded yeah. on that, the um, the very long and... Uh, consistent history, and and I'll say it, of Europeans historically getting credit for shit that other people knew for thousands of years, like Jenner and the smallpox vaccine, that, like, he Elvised that. Let's just be honest. That already existed. And, (laughs) And it makes me wonder, though, when we talk about this stuff, another thing that we had, we had discussed, um, and it's I know it's a it's a big concern and it's almost cyclical in in uh, conspiratorial thought uh, is the idea of sterilization. I don't know about you, but I've like I think all of us one at one time or another, we have heard someone with utmost confidence say something like, you know, oh, hey, man, you shouldn't you shouldn't drink that because, mm-hmm. you know, they're putting stuff in there so that you can't have kids later or like, hey, you know. You shouldn't, you know, insert brand X here. I've yeah, heard no, I, I drank a shit ton of Mountain Dew as a kid, and uh, I maintain that that's the reason I can't touch my toes anymore. <laughs> 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 I think that's what did it. Please don't do that anymore, Matt. You you got to get off the shit. <laughs> this can't is actually it, a part of me now. Well, yeah, sorry, um, Matt. Uh, we weren't sure how to tell you this, but uh, Langston and Noel and I actually got together and. This is an intervention. This bro. is all a well, big intervention. Well, you know, we, we we did. It's so crazy that I'm drinking this actually because we found out a long time ago when we were making videos that uh, this product has a, a flame retardant chemical in it. Brominated. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, it does, and it's the, it's the stuff that makes it look citrusy. You know, it's got like that cloudy, <laughs> like that cloudy look. No, yeah. no, it, that's citrus pulp. It, it's it's pure. It's fine. Don't worry about it. No. <laughs> Do you? I'm bro, serious. Go forth and be fireproof. Uh, Yeah, it's still in there. Uh, Okay, so. But here's here's where I'm going with this because, you know, 
when you hear stuff like that and you're younger, or you're a kid, and especially if it's someone who has authority in your life mm-hmm. and they're saying, you know, I told you this, then it's, I think it's valid and it's logical to be like, well, they were right about a bunch of other stuff too. And then later, you know, doesn't it become trippy? Like you said earlier, you know, we are, we're, we'll, we examine stuff, we have fun, we do some silly things. And then we, you know, this stuff is all fun until you get into the research is, isn't it trippy when you look back, you know, maybe as an adult or as a teenager and you can research whether that's your encyclopedia Britannica or you're on the internet and you say, holy shit, there were a ton of people getting sterilized. Yeah. No no one talks about it. Like what, what, what's your stance on that? Do you find that often these things that are treated as rumors or conspiracies might have grains of truth within them? I think almost always. And I think that's, again, that's the dangerous part about all of this stuff is like conspiracy theorists aren't a hundred percent wrong. They, they almost never are. There's like a grain of truth in almost everything that they're saying, even if it isn't, uh, even if it isn't truly the fact that sort of exists in, in their argument. It's more of like the sentiment that exists in their argument or the motive that exists in their argument. And so like, yeah, you know, is there any uh, historical evidence that Ronald Reagan cooked up crack in a lab and then sold it out on the streets? Absolutely not. But was his administration in, in a ton of ways benefiting from the fact that these drugs were out on the streets and damaging the communities they were damaging? Fuck yeah, that dude was having a party. And, and, and that needs to be part of the conversation instead of just going, hey, you're wrong because, you know, this article proves it or this statement never exists it's like that's not really the what conspiracy is no one in no one in compton no no one in chicago owns uh, a coca plant a uh, coca plantation right right no right. one has the room to grow that no how did it get here Matt, you you had a a really great note in our uh, research doc here just about bringing up the idea of the war on drugs and how it intersects with the prison industrial complex, which we know is a thing. We Mm -hmm. know private prisons are a thing. We know individuals and uh, corporations make shit tons of money by people being incarcerated. So how do you do that? By making things like marijuana illegal, by flooding the streets with crack cocaine and causing an epidemic in these communities that ultimately lead to people who should be um, counseled and, and treated like you know, uh, people with a, a medical condition. I mean, I'm simplifying it a little bit, but instead are incarcerated and then putting money in someone's pocket or literally free labor force. And it's like, we don't have to get into that, but yeah. it's insane. <laughs> you know, the whole thing, when you look into just the scratch, the surface, it's insane. And then, you know, it goes deeper than that. Langston, I'm interested in your thoughts on that whole universe of conspiracy. Yeah. I just think, I think the hard part about it is that we all understand so little of the the actual motive that creates these things we just understand the results of those motives right so and when you are the recipient of these bad things when when crack does destroy your community or when you know the prison pipeline does take all of these people out of your homes and out of your 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 neighborhoods and shit you go the government hates us because of this reason or because of how we look or because of you know we don't have these kinds of resources and the reality 
reality is it could just be some motherfuckers going like, yo, we need to build a bridge and we need some people to build that bridge and we can't afford to build a bridge by paying people. So we're going to, you know, make a bunch of uh, slaves do it and we can't call them slaves anymore. So we'll create prisons that allow us to call them slaves. It's it's gross and it's it's, you know, disheartening and it's fucking awful for humanity. But it isn't always the personal attack that we make it. And we as people sort of need to be able to start to to figure out exactly which what the reality of these things is and not just what it feels like to us on the surface. And it's and it's it's an incredibly I mean it's an incredibly crucial and and difficult thing to do because of I, I mean so many of the facts that we've just named like in the course of this conversation already for every like out there conspiracy theory that we have just talked about we have found, well, there is this one thing that's, yeah. that's like, yeah, there's that asterisk though. And that's like, I, I think that's the, the space and where shows like my mom and told me and even stuff they don't want you to know. I think that's part of where we live. And it, it makes me wonder when we're speculating about, uh, you know, these systems that are in play. One of my favorite things about government conspiracy theories is there's this contradiction. There's this paradox the same people who cannot, for the life of them, uh, get anything right mm-hmm. are also si- like they can't fix a fucking room, <laughs> yeah. but simultaneously <laughs> they herded all the cats necessary for 9-11 yeah. and they did it in a really smart way. Uh, and maybe that's why they're so bad at everything else. And uh, this contradiction, I think, is... Um, This contradiction comes from something that uh, it's like a psychological cost benefit. I want to see what you think about this. Would you agree that many of the actual conspiracies that the government participates in are more the result of incompetence rather than supervillainy? Because I see a lot of like we see a lot of um, like conspiracies that the, the bulk of the actual conspiracy ends up being this someone in the government was lazy incompetent or they fucked up and then for decades Mm -hmm. they tried to cover it up because they didn't want to look stupid like is that out there have i been just like lost in my head or what do you know i I think that's a hundred percent true i think uh the government and the police fuck up more than anybody gives them credit for And I think, unfortunately, what ends up happening, and this is where the conspiracy theories become really dangerous in my mind. And again, you know, personal opinion, I I don't you guys do way more thorough research than I do. But what I will say is that what ends up happening is somebody fucks up. They spend a lot of time trying to cover it up. And then somebody gets employed that's way meaner than the people who started the thing and decides to just ice it all you know what i mean just like they'll kill off an entire population or they'll they'll dead the entire thing by doing a really awful mean thing as opposed to just continuing to fumble a a football over and over again for another decade let's pause for one more word from our sponsors and then we'll return with further discussion with langston kermit there's plenty to celebrate in march and Thank you. 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. And we've returned. So one, one thing I want to bring up is we, we talked about the Internet because I see what you're saying there, Langston. Um, when the Internet came around, one of the things that gave us access to everybody if you wanted to, were Freedom of Information Act requests. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds like a weird little thing and almost just a detail, but before, if you wanted to get one of those things, you had to physically go somewhere. You had to know what you were looking for. You had to write to the government, you know, mm-hmm. a letter or something and ask for a specific thing. Now, there were there were places on the Internet early on where you could find this stuff. And I think a lot of those end up being the kernels of truth, the, the little piece at the center that is true. It's definitely, oh, this is this is something admitted. This is something the government admitted to doing. Yeah. Uh, like when we're talking about the, or, the origins of the war on drugs in, in America, um, you can see all of these little things that are objectively true. And then it's the connective tissue between those things that becomes the conspiracy theory that becomes the the scary part. Yeah. In a lot of ways. The the amount of uh, dumbass documents that government officials have signed and like printed out and and put on a man's desk and said, keep that. We're going to need it is is insane. It's like truly you you as a human should not want this documented. You should want this hidden and burned. Why are you saving it? Why is it framed on your wall, sir? Posterity, Langston. Posterity. <laughs> well, well, sure. well, well, it's policy. You know, accounting <laughs> has been riding me like crazy for this. <laughs> and even with I mean, something like MK Ultra, for example, where this weird rogue agent, 
I mean, he, he wasn't really a rogue agent. He was a dude that was intended to behave in the exact psychotic way that he behaved mm-hmm. in, in that he dosed, you know, normal people with LSD to try to test the effects of it. But he went way over the top with it. And then they, you know, had these like, you know, basically CIA sanctioned brothels where he dosed, you know, Johns and, and sex workers with LSD and observed them in his little notebook. But in the end, what undid the whole thing was these like invoices of him trying to get paid back for all the booze and all of the like rental of the brothel property and like even like mirrors and like sexy decor and like you know like velvety lampshades and shit that and he, that's, you know that's crazy look we've all <laughs> we've all thrown a party where your friend gets way too fucked up on some shit that you bought and I you said have to sorry ho- man <laughs> you have to hold yourself accountable but you don't have to write a letter about this shit this is a bad memory for all of us don't don't write about it just move on pay the dude off apologize to his family because you know he's jumping out of windows and shit and move just move on yeah that's that's the thing that's like uh it goes almost to like the banality of evil not to be too pretentious but it it always reminds me I, i was so startled when i learned that the irs doesn't care how you make money as long as they get a cut it is technically not illegal to put high profile drug dealer or like serial <laughs> arsonist on your little tax forms as long as you like as, as long as you have like an estimated this is how much money I make burning buildings. Right. And they're like, all right, bro, thirty percent and this stays between us. Like the problem is red, the IRS might, talks yeah. with FBI and you know Well that's they, what I'm saying. They <laughs> might red flag that, but they're not gonna deal with it. They might pass it along, but also <laughs> they're so their overworked. Yeah, they're, they're so overwhelmed and understaffed that that shit probably doesn't happen nearly as much as it should because yeah, yeah I, anyway. I mean, to that point, I just don't think there are that many uh, talented evildoers out there. I yes. think there are a lot of people who do evil shit, but they're not that good at it. They're just kind of like capable of like making some fucked up choices and then going with it. But it, there really aren't that many like truly talented people. That's why we still talk about Hitler, because he was just so fucking good at it in a way that other people since, you know, haven't been able to figure out or at least maintain on any uh, lengthy level. Not for lack of trying, which well, is sure. yeah. even more depressing. <laughs> uh, like that's that's another thing, you know, um, when we talk about stuff like this and I love the point you make, like, why did you write that down? Like think like you had time to think about whether or not this was a good idea. Um, We also have to remember so much of that stuff got destroyed. So what we're seeing are the remnants of the Mm. thing. So uh, so like we will never know the the people listening to this show now will we will never know the full extent of stuff like MK Ultra and and stuff like that's why these can that's why these conspiracies exist and that's why it's so hard to um quote unquote debunk one and I don't think we should set out to debunk them and that's one thing I appreciate that you do uh, so well with your guest is like you're you're looking at these right you're exploring these and you're saying well what do we know yeah. what are the facts and I think that's much more helpful and rewarding than to just say, well, I think this is dumb because we were told a con- we were told it was a conspiracy theory that international banks were laundering billions for drug cartels until it turned out to be absolutely true. Yeah, and, and I like I I wonder um, 
Oh, we got to do it. I, I, I wonder what you think about some of the things that are emerging now. Like, I would really love to hear your take on, and let me know if this is too big of a question, because I'm just going to throw this at you in a very responsible no, way. No, go for it. I'm excited. All right. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> Langston, what, what's going on with QAnon? Wait, wait, what's that whole thing about? I'm, just, oh. I'm messing with But what's your take on it? Like, it, it came from nowhere, and now it, it became huge. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> I think in a weird way, white people stopped, uh, stopped being a minority within their own community, right? That like, it used to be white minorities. Like y'all used to have like separation of your own powers that like everybody knew to be mean to the Polish or everybody knew to, you know, uh, we didn't care for this group or that group. And then it sort of became this weird and it's not all white people's fault. It was a lot of like minorities being like the white devil, you're evil, you're bad people, all this big collection of folks. And then with that, that uh, sort of became this uh, weird hive mind that was born from that, where a lot of people felt like, okay, we all have to to join forces to represent whiteness, and that's not what y'all do well. You've you've grown culturally in this sort of indiv- individualistic. Uh, society, right? Like black people, we've always had to go like, well, I represent blackness. I represent a larger community, but white people don't have to represent each other in that way. And I think QAnon is sort of a, a fucked up misunderstanding of representing a community. Like it's a bunch of people being like, oh, this is where I can find community this is where i can find my whiteness being articulated in a way that makes me feel heard and seen and valuable and so you turn to the internet and you turn to these people who have secrets and now all of a sudden you're doing just frankly a bunch of uh hood rat shit with people on the internet because you don't know what it means to be an actual community well and that collective you know idea of whiteness quote unquote that you're describing it has a name it's called white supremacy right yeah <laughs> i mean but but it's inherently bad and awful and you're right i'd never thought about it that way but the idea of whiteness as a positive thing that's sort of like a, a no no territory right exactly uh, but but white supremacy obviously is a thing and qAnon to me is a jumping off point of that and to me and and i think we we'd all agree it's sort of the first example of this decentralized internet culture. Um, that is super fascinating that like it's the first example of that I think that we've really seen where we don't really have a cult leader it's the idea that is the leader and it spreads like a virus through the internet and also I think was probably given a boost by the fact that everyone was stuck at home uh, just looking for something to do and all these like you know bored housewives and people out of work that were just clicking around and looking for something to identify with and just started going down these internet rabbit holes and then there you go and I think I think even more more to that point, it truly that that group is what makes me feel so certain that it is sort of like it's white people who don't want to be white supremacists, but also do want to see being proud of white as a good thing. It's it's a bunch of people who do have college educations or at least resources to be able to to make other choices. But everywhere they go, they're ma- being made to feel like a monster. And then here comes this community that doesn't make them feel that way. Way, that makes them feel heard and seen like they are inside on on a conversation 
situation and it's all very dumb and like truly it, you should go do some self-reflection instead of turning to these really bad mean websites for a way of you know creating your identity but also we as as a whole have to stop just demonizing entire groups because that ain't gonna fix them either you know what i mean like that's truly not how you make a bunch of suburban housewives come back to your side by calling them mean derogatory names every time they complain about something i think that's i mean that that is such a profound point and i think that's i don't think a lot of people have thought about the evolution of QAnon in that way um and what I find two things about that. I find one thing uh, incredibly insightful and I find one thing um, profoundly hilarious. Like when you when you said, you know, now those those inner boundaries that used to exist are, are were eroding. It's um, first it's I think it's tremendously insightful because uh, because we have to remember especially in the West, uh, in the U.S., uh, there there were these very popular gradients. Like the most bullshit example of it is like, and it's insufferable. There are so many, so many white people who all of a sudden feel super Irish on one day of the year. They don't, they don't speak <laughs> Irish. They've never been there. They have no idea where Dublin is, but by God, they are getting drunk. Yeah. And, and then there's this other thing with like, you know, it wasn't that long ago, historically, when there was a huge, um, there was like huge amounts of racism that, that like trickle down against like Irish people were like actual Irish people, not the people lying at the bar on St. Patrick's Day were like less than whiter. They would say like, you can't trust the poll and these yeah. ideas like trickle down because then those people who are getting sort of shat upon, were able to say, well, at least I'm not, you know, insert person here. And Lyndon Johnson was the one who was like, if you can convince the poorest person, the poorest white person that they're better than someone else, they will do whatever you want. And yeah. unfortunately, he was right. But here's the hilarious thing. The way you just described QAnon, it feels like a very weird um superhero movie or Lord of the Rings where they all get together <laughs> despite their differences. And there's some guy in Minnesota who's like, even you, my fellow pole, <laughs> we're not so different. Yeah, they're all just making this weird uh, walk to to their demise, basically. But, you know, they think they're saving the world. And it's in that way, it, I guess it's meant to be endearing. I don't know. It's just all... I, I do take a lot of solace in the fact that they've kind of that Q kind of like just left them out to dry. And now they they're just sort of wavering with these feelings and no explanation. It's the same thing that happens with so many cults where they make some sort of doomsday prophecy and then that shit doesn't come true. Yeah. And then where then what are you left with feeling kind of like you were duped or doubling down and just pushing it even further out of like uh, some weird misplaced sense of justice i don't even know it's, yeah, it's, it's I, very confusing i'm sure you guys have seen it but that that uh lady uh mother god i think that was her name yes like, amy carlson yeah, yeah who she got killed she got fucking murdered by her her people now 
Uh, Matt didn't know. She <laughs> no, I I think she died of cancer, and then they like kept her body, and it was like oh, mummified, like on some it was, preserving shit. Yeah, they put glitter on her eyes and stuff. It was ooh, it was nasty. But, but sorry, but like, Lisa, we just didn't. Uh, we just talked. Oh, about you that. just That's okay? So I'm the, no, I'm the idiot in this. And <laughs> yeah. This is why well, you boys a, are who you are. I, it's <laughs> a lot to take in, though, and then like that, you know, it, it reminded me of like you know Heaven's Gate kind of situation. Yeah. Um, but it was even weirder than that. And I didn't fully understand what the point was. Like it was about a comet kind of, wasn't it Matt? We, we remind everyone like what the, the whole central no, theme. She, she had been reincarnated over like five billion years, 19 billion. So oh, 19 billion. Predating so. the existence of this universe. Yep. Uh, yeah. And yeah. she was and just she was, uh, a mean alcoholic and <laughs> would yes. beat the shit out of him every time she drank at night. But I will say, and you brought up heaven's gate. I, I actually really respect the Heaven's Gate people as far as the cult is concerned. I think that they they were they really believed what they were saying in a way that was uh, truly endearing compared to I think a lot of these other people like Mother God Lady doesn't believe she's a a reincarnated version of God. She's just a drunk who who wants to control people. But D and or what was his name? Doe and T, they truly believed everything they were saying, so much so that they were willing to castrate others, castrate themselves, all for the sake of sort of being free of of the, you know, the life that they were were leading and it was consensual as well mm-hmm. which i think is the most head trippy part yeah what are your thoughts on jim jones oh yeah there is a new documentary about heaven's gate that just came out that i really want to see but apple white the leader he took his own life too right like i mean he, they all put their money where their mouth was yeah. or their poison or whatever and that's fucking tight I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, I really they committed that. They committed to the bit. They followed through. Hell yeah! You know, that's, oh man. And we, you know, we're we're in a world with a species where a lot of people are out of context. This could sound very fucked up, but a lot of people are all talk. They're uh, not committal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And these these people truly believed in what they were saying. I don't think it's right. I certainly am not encouraging anyone to go join a cult and take their own lives. But I do think that like in much in the way that we were talking about Encyclopedia Britannica, commit to something, make a choice about what the facts are for your world and live in that world, as opposed to living in this nebulous space where everything is right and everything is wrong. And now we're all just arguing over the most ridiculous stuff. I think that's fair, but we are also just kind of describing the way cults take people in because they're looking for an answer and cults are inherently damaging. Well, sure. I want to be a cult leader someday. And that's the whole reason I came on this podcast. I can see it. No, I can see it. I I agree. You would be good at it, man. I think you have a gift, but I want to like, like, I want to make sure you know what you're getting into, dude. Like I walked back because you're on call all the time with really clingy people (laughs) until you get to figurehead status. You're like a really underpaid anesthesiologist. You got to take these texts at 3 a.m. Remember what weird shit you said to them earlier. Get the the nomenclature right. That's fair. I I got your back. Brainwashing is a full-time job. It's not the easy easy trip on the beach that I think we've all imagined it to be. 
<laughs> well, this, we this, could, this we is how you start, it. Langston. You, you buy a small store, call it Books and Stuff, <laughs> and then just have your messages <laughs> blasting out to everybody walking on and, the street. And you slowly, you slowly become more stuff than books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and plus, you know, I think we can agree on air, man. Um, if if you if you decide you want to go through with it and commit to the time. Got your back. We'll do some advertising. (laughs) Press the flesh for you. We'll be like, hey, we know we talk a lot about cults on this show over the years. Um, So we finally have one we'd like to recommend. We checked it out. (laughs) Uh, It's our good friend Langston. Uh, He's solid and he's got some he's got some good stuff to say. I love the idea of uh, of there being some sort of cult advertising right after like Warby Parker glasses. Just (laughs) you're promoting Serta mattresses and also a uh, maniacal cult. Both of those things are available for your your subscription. Are you feeling lost? Well, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So like this is so one thing we're running into. I know. I know that we've we've been talking about a lot of things. Um, really quickly, the time has flown by. There there are a couple things that we just had to. I had to ask you about because this is kind of this. I don't know about you guys, Matt and Noel. I found myself in a sort of rare situation where I I heard a concept. Um, we we're talking before the show that I had never heard, which is this, Langston. You said, "What about the idea that vaping isn't bad for you?" Those deaths were just early cases of COVID. Yeah, I had never heard that. Oh hell yeah! I I think I that was just me talking. I think I do think. <laughs> I genuinely remember in 2019 that that end of 2019 when everybody was like vaping's killing people, everybody's dying from vaping. No, they're taking popcorn log. Yeah, yeah, they're taking the fucking jewels off the shelf. They're like now making commercials to tell kids, "Don't you dare go near a jewel; it'll kill you." And then all of a sudden, it wasn't a conversation anymore. But then COVID started popping up. So I don't have any evidence of this. I don't even want to begin to present. As if I've done the research, but I will say the timing seems funky as fuck in my mind. Well, we we have something to bring to the table here, actually. Uh oh, because uh, it was found that quite a few of those deaths. I don't believe it was everyone could be explained in this way, but quite a few of them that made news had to do with um, it was weed oil or you know the um, Mm -hmm. vapes like weed vapes, and there. The juice and the juice. And there were there were OJ a couple of it. groups. Yeah. <laughs> OJ killed all those people. Oh, no. The guy no. hates vaping. <laughs> no, no. But it really was found. You can read about this in the Washington Post. It really was found that vitamin E acetate was being added to several of the mixtures, mm-hmm. essentially. And that was actually killing people. The vitamin E acetate at levels that shouldn't be in bodies. And it was actually really damaging and appeared to kill multiple people. Wasn't yeah. so, that black market? vape juice though it wasn't like the stuff you would buy off the shelves i mean there's so much black market still obviously with weed not being legal everywhere where you get you know the cartridges or whatever from someone or maybe they make it at home you don't know what the process is not that it's like super transparent or you know everything that comes from places you buy or comes from vapes you buy at dispensaries but i believe wasn't it traced to like 
local kind of like, you know, dealers that were making the stuff themselves. Yeah, but Matt, I'm disappointed to know that COVID, big COVID got to you, man. Like, I know. Hey, explain look, maybe the they did. Maybe they did, okay? <laughs> the CDC is right over here. Um, but hey, you know what else is right over here, you guys? In Alpharetta, there is the headquarters for the Colonial Pipeline. Have you guys been reading about any of that oh, lately? Yeah. What's with going the, down? With the, yeah. with the hack, yeah. So I tried to go out last night to get gas over here off Buford Highway, and there was no gas. So I drove oh. to another gas station, and there was no gas. And do you guys, I mean, I'm sure we all kind of understand that feeling, or can at least empathize with that feeling, but needing or wanting, needing or wanting to put gas in your car and it not being available is really scary. Yeah. Because, you know, in those times, in some of the... the um most frightful times in this country and across the world, I think is when there's mass panic occurring. And I just wanted to ask you guys in Langston, you in particular, like what do you do to both prepare your mind and your surroundings for when one day shit hits the fan from like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like there's just chaos. What do you do? Hoarding everything, hoarding everything. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I truly don't know. I think, uh, you know, this is, this is like a news story that's sort of being, uh, hidden underneath a lot of news stories. At least it feels that way in that, like, they're not even sure how to fix it quite yet. So they're not trying to make as big of a deal about it as it probably is that like a bunch of hackers figured out a way to cut off an entire, coast of of oil and gas and shit that's insane and so like i truly don't know what to do with any of these feelings i really want a gun and i don't have one yet and uh i think i i don't know what that's supposed to do but boy would that make me feel at least like i'm i'm preparing for an apocalypse if i had one right yeah it's i mean it's the uncertainty you know you would think that there would be more like the democratization of information logically should give us more sources of information. But what mm-hmm. we're finding, at least here in, in the West, is that um, the faucets that control the flow of knowledge are really being held by relatively few players, right? Yeah. So like we know – like I, I know this sounds paranoid, but I think we're all on the same page after seeing – uh, so many things that have had a reporting spin, you know, like uh, like another thing, just to point this out for everybody listening who's hoarding gas. I understand it's easy to confuse fear with forethought, but I think a lot of these people don't know gas goes bad. Gas goes bad Spoils. in about three months. Yeah, yeah it's. It's going to sit in your garage next to a pile of toilet paper, because if you were hoarding that, you probably didn't shit enough to get through all of it. And then you got these (laughs) tanks that you can't sell. So now your garage just looks and smells weird. Be safe, folks. And if you'd only listen to more podcasts and invest in that tushy bidet, you would have been in a much better situation, you know, uh, when the, the shit hit the fan, literally. I mean, wasn't that a weird, trippy situation, though? Like that feeling of going to the grocery store and the shelves just being bare, whole aisles, like, you know, canned goods. Like that was the closest I've ever felt to like, oh, this is what the apocalypse is going to feel like when it starts. And maybe this is it starting. Maybe this is it starting now. And that, that was the part that scared me the most was like, it very well did feel like this was it starting. And I truly just still went and got 
pop tarts. You know what I mean? Like I tried yeah. to pretend <laughs> as if it wasn't starting because I wanted my normalcy back. And that's fucking nuts. Like we, we should have all just started pushing shelves down and fighting each other. But instead we pretended to still have like, you know, conventions at play. And it's, well, that's your brain helping you out, dude. Cause I mean, your our brains are remarkably adaptable and we normalize things so quick. You know, I, I, I remember how quickly I just kind of just, start stop paying attention to the like remain indoors signs everywhere mm-hmm. and like everyone in masks all of a sudden like after a couple of months it just kind of felt like the norm and occasionally I'll do a little reality check where I'm like wait a minute oh yeah this is still mega weird um, and, and y'all wonder why people are skeptical of the government vaccine <laughs> come on come on just get your pop tarts join the right cult sure. everything yeah. will be fine uh, you know pop tarts uh, are a great choice by the way I mean, mm-hmm. just it would last for a long time if you needed them. That's I a good ask, choice. Last what longer than gasoline. That's for hey, sure. <laughs> that's a fact. They should put that in the box. What, uh, <laughs> uh, what flavors you go for? Uh, I this is never uh, a welcomed response, but I love the unfrosted strawberry. Those are my fucking favorite. Like unfrosted, yeah, you monster. Dude. No, that's wow. awesome, man. Wow. Nobody ever likes it. Everybody's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And I'm like, I don't know. I, was I, like the cin- I like the cinnamon sugar ones, and people don't like those either. Those apparently, I was, I was, I was, I was <laughs> great. Thank you. Okay, all right. Hell we're yeah. Well, well, we've got like we're the thing is we have so many more things to talk about. It would be awesome uh, to have you back on the show in the future I'd if, love if that. you're at all interested. Um, Awesome. And we also want to know, like, as people are listening to the show today, um, they're thinking, we'll probably get letters about this. They're thinking, why didn't you talk more about, you know, this thing? Why didn't you ever bring up this thing? Well, that's because if uh, that's because this show is not my mama told me. (laughs) If you want to hear those full conversations and if you want those deep dives, um, please do check out the show. I know we talked about it off air but uh, one of my favorite episodes, uh, one that really made me think, was uh, the most recent one, which in which uh, Langston, you and your guest Bashir ask, "Hey, why are all these billionaires super into getting into space now? What's yeah. going on with that? Yeah, That's we, spooky." We we unpacked a lot of the sort of newfound space exploration that's coming from Daddy Bezos and Daddy Musk and all the other powerful people and Bashir, who is a, a very Bashir Salahuddin, who's a very brilliant comedian and writer, uh, theorized that there's a real possibility they're just planning to send us to space, which I had not ever oh, considered damn. i thought that's the flip they were yeah. going themselves but they were like he's like nah fuck that they're gonna stay on earth where the you know the earth will be a lot cleaner and less populated and instead send a bunch of poor idiots to space instead oh boy one way the first trip is free but matt there is something <laughs> uh that that you wanted to bring up right well yeah well i i just to give anybody listening another suggestion i would say listen to the episode where um where what is it? Oh, you're you're talking with the Meghan Markle of background actors, um, oh, uh, Miles Gray. Miles Gray. <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> sorry, he'll get a kick out of that. Uh, and uh, it's just a great discussion, and I think it lines up a lot with if you if you like listening to this show, it's it's funny, but there's like some very serious conversation happening in the background there. Yeah. Um, 
just recommend that episode. Yeah, no, I, I, it's one of the reasons I think you guys have such a great show is, uh, the ability to, to dance between a, a healthy, fun, light conversation and some real, uh, heart wrenching shit that maybe people should be stressing about. And, and that's a, it's not an easy dance to do and you do it well. So I really appreciate you having me. Oh, Dude, it's been a pleasure, man. Seriously. Uh, Likewise. I'll well, take that. Coming from Lincoln. Uh, <laughs> well, take it, take it as thing, intended, there is Matt. One take thing it as we intended. Have to do, uh, because we have, you know, I think we've made it pretty clear um, to our fellow conspiracy realists that we we don't just enjoy. My mama told me I, we all believe it is an important show, um, and it's doing something that is only going to become increasingly important in the future. But also, that's not the only thing. That is far from the only thing you have on the horizon. I've been hearing rumors about an upcoming show with HBO. Yeah. Yeah, called Pause with Sam J. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, it's a late night talk show hosted by uh, my dear friend and and, uh, now boss, uh, Sam J. She's hilarious. She's great. And it it really is just... uh, a grumpy lesbian taking on the world and and really, you know, sort of uh, planting her flag in a space that for a long time has been a bunch of, uh, of sort of like white stiff voices. And she's doing the complete opposite of that. And I've been very lucky to, to head write the show and it's great. And you should check it out right now on HBO. It, it's, it's on HBO and HBO max and it's funny. And, and it also says some stuff that means something, but maybe not. It's a half hour of television. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I just want to say uh, personally, thanks so much for coming on Langston. It, it's been, I honestly, it's one of the podcasts I listen to all the time. Like the stuff you did with some of the SNL uh, folks that are on right now, like Chris Red and Ego Wodum, like some of those conversations, man. <laughs> the spaghetti, the spaghetti thing, like I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> it, it, it's just great, Thanks, really, man. really. No, I, this was so much fun. I'm, I'm so happy that I got to be here, and uh, we're so happy that you're returning in the future. In the meantime, if people want to learn more about your work, both in the field of comedy, the field of podcasting, the field of acting and writing, uh, where can they go to to learn more or to follow you online? Now that we've talked about how dangerous social media is, uh, please. <laughs> Please follow me online in all of my dangerous, dangerous tweets and Instagram <laughs> posts uh, at Langston Kerman. It's just L-A-N-G-S-T-O-N-K-E-R-M-A-N. It's my first and last name. Nobody else wanted it. So I got all the direct <laughs> contact for that. Um, and yeah, that you can follow me there and please listen to My Mama Told Me. It comes out every Tuesdays and now Thursdays. We do mini episodes. So yeah, it's fun. It's a cool time. Well, that was great. Uh, I we're I, we're recording this after the interview, but uh, what a fantastic time! And we looked into so many uh, conspiratorial ideas. You know, it, it makes you want to go listen to my mama told me, which you should also do, like immediately, because it's great. Yeah, man, I'm telling you that Ego Wodum episode had me just mm-hmm. laughing my butt off. Um, <laughs> Do it. Go listen to that now. But yeah, hey, if you want to write to us with about anything that we discussed in this episode, you want to contact us in any way, that we have so many ways to do that. So many. So many. All over the internet. You can find us at Conspiracy Stuff uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram. 
Yeah. And if you're someone who uh, is not into social media, if you have valid concerns about, you know, the episodes that uh, we did in the past on Big Data and you're staying out of the fray, uh, if you're a little more old school, no worries. You can contact us directly via our official telephone number, one 833 S-T-D-W-Y-T-K, three minutes. Those three minutes are yours. Give yourself a cool nickname. Tell us what's on your mind. Uh, Tell us if you're okay with us using your voice or nickname on air. And most importantly, do not feel like you have to censor yourself. You've got a story and you're like, ah, how do I tell this 10-minute story in three minutes? Never fear. Write it out and send it to us. We read every email we get at our good old-fashioned email address where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.